Hello and welcome to Ball in the Real World, ESPN's home of Australian basketball. My name is Olga Nulich, once again coming at you from Melbourne. I'm here for the NBL Cup and I'm here with another interview. I say interview, I, I'm, it's another conversation. This time with Isaac Humphreys, Adelaide 36's big man, has played for his country, has played games in the NBA. We talk over a lot of things. He's truly one of the most unique characters in not just Australian basketball, but just sports in general. A lot of people know about his love for singing and, and how good he is at that and his ability to embrace the two loves of his life, basketball and music. And, you know, we go into that, how he was able to find that balance and how finding that balance was sort of a rising tide lifts all boats situation. You know, he tells stories about his time in Los Angeles uh, where he's, he's able to meet people in the music industry while making sure to, to work on his basketball game. We speak about his time in the NBA in Europe, you know, growing from the rookie season he had in the NBL to become a better person and player. He's a member of the Australian Boomers squad and, you know, he's obviously hopeful to make that Olympic team. So, you know, we speak about that. And some context going into this one is we recorded this here in Melbourne before Isaac suffered a foot injury that sidelined him and is going to keep him sidelined for a few more weeks. And it also should be noted that Isaac and I went to the same high school. We've known each other for a long time. We've been around each other a lot. And so if this conversation sounds perhaps more informal than some others, uh, that is the reason why. But look, he is one of Australia's elite players. He before his injury, he was playing at an MVP level in the NBL, and he will without a doubt return to that. But look, he, he's, he's an intriguing person, and, and I think it's, it's a good thing for the, the basketball community to hear his perspective on not just the way he approaches basketball, but you know the way he's grown from his rookie season as a professional to where he is now. So here's that, you know, my chat with Isaac Humphries. Hey, Isaac. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> Big old. Yeah. Um, sing a song. <laughs> Do you want to sing a song for us to no. open? No? I'm not. How are you? How's the cup? How are you enjoying a lot of games, short amount of time, the whole vibe? I here? mean, I'm loving it. I I think that whole back-to-back game situation is ideal. I love that sort of environment. It's very NBA-like. Um, and, you know, I've spent my years over in the US with that sort of structure. So yeah. I like it like that. Um, sure you get sore and whatever but I mean that's all part of it and you just yeah I'm loving it yeah it's it's weird because like you get in usually in the NBL you stew on losses right you get like you play a game you got a week and if you had a bad performance you're stewing that loss for a week yes you don't get that here no you don't and that's the good thing you know you can reflect and then move on quickly because you know you've got another one coming up um, and yeah, that is a very bit. That's a very great part of the, this whole situation. So let's talk about you in the NBA. Um, what was the whole experience like? Because you know you've told me stories of what going to Vince Carter's house and yeah. uh, just being around you know the Magic and then the Hawks before that. Um, you know, not name dropping NBA dudes, but like like oh we were with I was with Alex and it's just Alex Len. Um, and mm. you know I was just with you know oh there's Trey. I was just, okay, Trey Young, hello. Like, <laughs> hello, Trey. <laughs> yeah, like what? What was that whole experience like for you? Like how? I don't know how. How much did you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I loved it, but 
you know, things like that don't, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's, I don't see it like that. You went to Kentucky, I went to as Kentucky. Well. So, true. you know, every day I was with all stars and yeah. we had celebrities coming through the door every day. Um, so that sort of thing just doesn't phase me. Um, but yeah, I mean, going to Vince's house and him telling us stories about, you know, his life and big media stories that took over the world at that time. Yeah. You know, see, he, hearing his like li- literal perspective and of, of how it actually happened of things, you know, things, um, you know, like that Olympic, when in the Olympics, he had to scratch his Nike uh, tick off his shoes to play because he was doing like a deal with another company and like it was just all up in the air and, you know, little things like that were, were so cool. Um, but... But you, you you have to try and learn from every everyone and everything. Like you, you yeah. use it all as like a learning platform and a and a, a motivation platform. Like you see what your life could be and what you could have. You're right there with it, and yeah. it it's like you get a little taste, and you want so much more of it. But you know you've got to you got to work for it, and you see them work for it, and you see you know Vince doesn't just become Vince Carter. Like he's yeah. you see, I've been to his house. He has a whole NBA sized arena basically like nba court that he has worked and just become who he is you know yeah um so you got to invest in yourself that's things i've learned invest back in yourself and and just seeing how these greats and amazing you know players have done it um yeah you learn a lot yeah so now are you so a lot of people are surprised at how you're playing currently now um some people say that they're not surprised at how you're playing that there's they're surprised at how well it's working mm-hmm. um but no one thought that you would come in and be in mvp conversations i don't think people didn't have that those expectations um is it is this a lot easier than not not easier than you thought it'd be but because of what you've just been through playing in, yeah. in the league and playing in the g league you know wh- why do you think you're able to be able to dominate here i think i mean oh you've known me a long time yeah. i think it's my off the court dude like it's yeah it's it's how I am off the court now that's m- allowing me to do what I'm doing on the court. And yes, my time in the NBA and my time in the G League and everything I learned overseas is helping everything on the court. But yeah. my my full mental shift in my in my love for, for this whole sport is what is purely driving me to be such a great player on the court. Um, yeah, I know people are surprised and whatever, but we, we sat and talked before the season about what I can come in and do. And yeah. and it's just that belief and that confidence. And every day I've belie- believed it and yeah. I've had confidence that I can do it. And that's what it is. It's Basketball is, you know, they say 90% mental, 10% physical. Like it's, yeah. it's such a mental game. And it took me Kentucky, my rookie with the Kings, two years in and out of the NBA and G League and a stint in Europe to figure that out. And I figured it out and the, that's that's just where I'm at. Like, it's purely, I think, an off-the-court thing. Is it weird looking back at you with the Sydney Kings and seeing <laughs> how your mindset was and just your attitude yes. and things like that? Absolutely. I think... You're a completely different person. 100%. I, was with, I spoke to an assistant coach the other night and was just like, I didn't attack that year in the right way. Yeah. And I... And I know I didn't, and I'm owning that, and I will own that forever, and yeah. that's fine. But I went over to the U.S. and I learned how real pros like Vince Carter, Trey, all these guys I've played with, yeah. 
how they attack being a one of the best you know the best athletes in the world the best basketball players in the world and I, and I learned how to do that yeah and fall in love with that process you know you got to love that bit as well you can't just love you know playing the game you've got to love working hard you've got to love being sore you've got to love hurting you've got to love getting in the gym and putting 30 pounds of muscle on in an off season like you just got to yeah. love doing that and that's what i learned so i want to eventually talk about the parts of your life that i think that got a lot better for you and i think it just improved you as a person and then ultimately a player so like your time in in, in la and in the off seasons yeah. and stuff um but you, you mentioned an assistant coach before so that's the luke kendall story yeah can you tell that story because i i think it's i think it's interesting because right. i feel like that's a good and don't don't roll your eyes at me <laughs> <laughs> i think that's that's a, like a legitimately good hey. example of like your growth and like your your awareness of how much you've yeah grown. yeah well i mean yeah i saw him in the tunnels before a game and i knew i there were there were some people in you know the Australian basketball world that I wanted to apologize to and I wanted to make right with you know maybe they didn't think there was anything wrong but mm. in my mind that's not who I wanted my that that memory of me to be you've grown to you've grown to a point where you know bits and pieces where like I could have done that differently yeah right? yeah and you know there were times with with um Kendall that he was trying to help me and I fully just dismissed it dismissed it yeah, yeah. totally because I was a kid who thought I knew everything and didn't need that. Yeah. And looking back, it's like, that's not how it works. You need to take, take what advice from people that are trying to help you. Yeah. Because at some point, they stop helping you and you're on your own. Yeah. And I realized that. And yeah, I saw him in the tunnels and said, look, I, I need to apologize because I was a brat. I was 19. I didn't know yeah. anything, even as much as I thought I did. And I know you you were trying to help me and I didn't take it as that and I didn't attack that situation properly and I'm sorry and you know he said no hard feelings but and that's fine but I needed him to know that I was sorry for that yeah and there's many there's many examples you know like there's 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 all sorts of people and and examples like that that's just one but um but yeah I needed I needed to do that that's one of the good things things of you playing in the NBL now right you get to and I spoke about this before on, on a different podcast where when you're out of the NBL, you're sort of out of the, the Australian basketball sphere a little bit. Yep. People aren't paying as close attention to you. Whereas when you're here, all eyes are on you, yep. right? You're around the community. People are watching you. Um, and so that's where I think the boomers comes in too, mm-hmm. where, you know, Brian Gorgens, his, his eyes are all on you. Yeah. Um, track back to kind of what was the the first time in LA so you spend your off seasons in LA yes I do um so you work out with Jordan Lawley at the yep. ASIC center and then and you Sus. have sorry? Anthony Anthony was that Susan Jara Susan Jara awesome guy um and one of the best big man coaches in the world and yeah. I'll, I'll I'll hang my hat on that he's amazing so you spend your off seasons there what was the first off season there where you did your stuff on the court and you thought okay I love this and yep. then you did your off-court stuff yeah that we know you're passionate about and it just came together yeah and it's like all right things are clicking now yeah yeah so i mean i've always known la was like a pl- the place for me i yeah. just as a kid we all know i was into music and yeah. that sort of thing and that's just la right yeah. so um i just knew that was the place for me and when when i found out my basketball off like my offseason basketball was going to be there too i thought this is an opportunity here where i can try to 
meet people and network in that music realm as well yeah. because I knew I'd have the basketball covered. So I would quite literally wake up at 7 a.m. I'd go work out all morning. Then I'd finish work, working out, race home, shower, catch the, the, the try to beat the traffic, the lunch traffic, whatever, because yeah. LA is awful. Lunch traffic. <laughs> you know, there's, like, there's <laughs> always traffic, but you can find little bits. Yeah. Um, and I'd go in and, and I'd hang out with my, my music friends. And, yeah. you know, I, I met a friend there, Stevie Mackey, who hands down changed my life, like in so many ways. He, he opened my eyes to anything is possible, like literally mm. anything. And, and I take what I learned from him in the music world. And obviously I need to translate that to my sport as well, yeah. to basketball. But my confidence and my, my, my will to want to be great at everything and look great doing it you know yeah. like it's okay to to want to look great and to want to be great and yeah. to walk into a room he said to me once we were at benny medina's house who's name drop just a name drop there it's quick. not a name drop. <laughs> <laughs> Get <off> it. <laughs> continue no no I'm <laughs> um, we're at benny's house who is jlo's manager and he discovered mariah carey you know he's a big name in the music industry and yeah. the entertainment industry basically whenever you see jlo the person next to her is benny yeah and i didn't know him um i was just invited to the house and i went there and um i was in jeans i came from a basketball game like a tbt yeah. tournament game and i was in jeans and a t-shirt and i walked in and stevie pulled me aside and was like my man like <laughs> you can't you can't show up to something like this in in a t-shirt and jeans like what are you doing he said and then he, he gave me a massive talk about everyone's gonna stare at you anyway you're yeah. seven foot you walk into a room people look at you give them other things to look at okay. you're 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 a, you're a person that people are gonna stare at dress well these people will clothe you they will do anything for you because you know tom ford's at this party like Jeez. all these people are at this party and it's like look good feel good play good like that sort of thing you know like and, and that really shifted my mentality of confidence doesn't just come from you know just what you're doing maybe on the court it's like mm. confidence comes from what you wear to the game to everything to you know like what shoes you're wearing even sometimes like yeah. i just i just took that on board and and fully just understood that concept i think and and now like it's that's something I think about every day, and and that it's something so small, but yeah, it really changes your mentality. You know, just about how, like, how you carry yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And now I walk in a room, and yeah, people look at me because I'm seven foot, but I know I'm looking good. I know they're <laughs> looking at me for maybe different things, and yeah. and in those rooms, like it's there's some pretty pretty cool people looking at you. So yeah. you know, it, it uh it it really shifted a lot for me, and you know that's just one t tiny thing Stevie did for me, but. Yeah. Or has done for me um but yeah that's that that's that off season that la off season you know I'd, I'd go in and i'd just be immersed to be at the studio with stevie and whoever he was coaching at the time because he's a vocal coach you know yeah i'd be at the house with you know wayne brady just having a lesson whatever anyone yes. from american idol just pops over selena gomez just pops over like it's just yeah that world is so different but became so normal and you know, we'd just go to Vegas for Jen's show and just be there all night with them. And like, you know, Kobe's in the room one time. Like, it's just, yeah. it's crazy, that sort of world. And and don't get me wrong, like, 
I was working my ass off in basketball as well. Every morning, 7 a.m. Yeah. till 12, all morning with, with Jordan and Sus. But it's, it was finding that balance for me that really took my whole life to the next level. So just you being, so you being able to, to actually pursue your music stuff. Because the, the thinking is usually you got to pick one. Or right. it's, it's, you can't put focus into two things and be excellent at both. So they say. But that, that's like the conservative sort of yeah, thinking about exactly. it. But that's like clearly not true. It's not true at all. And, and being around J-Lo so much, you know J-Lo, singer. I know J-Lo, yes. Well, yes. But you know what she's she like, everything. singer, actress, she's dancer. Ev- dancer, everything. Yeah. She's literally everything. And yeah. being around her and seeing how hard she works and how she just does anything she wants yeah resonated with me because as like i said you know me a long time i've always done whatever i want yes pretty much let's be honest That's correct <laughs> uh, if i want to do that i'm doing it and if i don't i'm not so yeah. whether whatever what anyone says yeah and it just showed that you can achieve everything at a high level yeah and um and yeah, that's when I sort of, you know, they gave me the confidence. That that crew gave me the confidence to put on my own show. I played in the NBA, started a game against Giannis, then had my own headline, damn near sold out show like a month later. In Kentucky. In Kentucky. Then a good signed show. with Orlando Magic. Like what? You know, like yeah. you just, you, you can do it. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just not what, you know, it's not, some people don't think like that and that's fine. Yeah. If you don't get it, that's whatever. But I do, and I'm, you know, I'm going to conquer the world. That's my goal. I'm conquering the world in, in all realms. And we've talked about it since, you know, I was, how long have we known each other? 10 plus years? Yeah. We, I, we've talked about it for so long, and, and that's what I'm going to do. And, and every year I'm building those blocks to just take over. Yeah, it was weird, because you, you almost reached your peak at under-17s, the Australian under-17s. That was, when, that was almost like the peak of your basketball yeah. up, until maybe this, uh, up until the point where you joined the NBA, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so then there was sort of like it wasn't a, a downfall but it was like a plateau it so was weird you were you at high school in, in the u.s high and school, kentucky. yeah yeah and kentucky was kentucky was probably a big part of that let's be honest mm. kentucky was weird for me like i i needed credits and yeah you know they they got it done like i i was able to go to a school like a high school summer school to get my credits done and there was no other real school that could help me with it so it was almost like i had to go to kentucky but you know it's not like a bad place to have to go to obviously obviously. (laughs) um but i went in there knowing that like i'm not i'm not that guy like kentucky gets you know and well i I went in thinking that actually until i got there and and started getting better and developing and realized i can actually play here but my mind like i said earlier my mind was so gone it wasn't it had there was no mental strength it just wasn't in it like it was tough you know and yeah. college is great for that it beats you down but mm. it's up to you to, to build yourself back up yeah and you know i had to do that once i left and i had to build myself back up um and it took it took time but yeah kentucky was definitely look it was an incredible experience don't me wrong and, I, and I valued it so i value it so much and there's so much i learned there um and i i, I go back all the time i did yeah. i had my concert there like I'm always in Lexington. The Lexington community is like, it's, it's a community. Yeah, it is. And I love it. I truly love it. It's my yeah. home away from home. I truly love it there. Um, but yeah, like, it, it plateau- I did plateau there for sure. Um, 100%. How much did Europe help build you? Because Europe is look crazy. Europe was, was so interesting. Um, I went from the Kings, you know, to a, from an interesting year let's be real the king's year was interesting um 
to rookie of the year but like up and down year, and but yeah real yeah. up and down like couldn't really find my feet like still yeah. coming out of kentucky like trying to figure out who i even was like again yeah um and went to europe and you know you go to a place where you, no one speaks english there's <laughs> two people on the team that can speak like broken english yeah you're by yourself like it's you for three months in your own head basically and they hand me the keys to a manual car i've never driven manual in my life <laughs> so i'm up at midnight every night like on the empty roads trying to <laughs> learn manual i did i didn't hit a mirror or two i didn't okay. <laughs> you did not on the side of yeah, that i didn't at the did record not. show he did not hit one um but yeah i mean you gotta it's things that you just you have to learn how to how to live and how to in a fully non-functioning country like yeah. eastern europe is back in time you go in a time <laughs> machine like there's nothing you're used to over there and uh yeah that was it was weird but but that in itself shapes you as well it teaches yeah. you resilience it teaches you to fight it teaches you to to push and just get through it so then you you go to the g league you, you perform well you get those nba call-ups yep. i'm thinking looking at you now because there's, there's a growth that happens when you play in the nba and then you come here and you have that perspective now you've got that experience if you had that time again, like playing those NBA games, mm -hmm. what what would your mindset be like? Do you think you would attack that differently? The my time with the Hawks, yeah, or so the, and, the, and the Magic. I mean, with with the Hawks, it's like with the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, yeah. You know, you were out there, like it, you didn't look scared, but yeah, I feel like you could have been, uh, yeah, more than what you showed, right? Yeah, I think so too, and and that just, I mean, dude, that was like two years ago yeah there's still growth there's been so much growth in between then and, and that's now, what i'm saying you know? like i think me now going out there is different yes yeah i still think i did pretty well for a 20 20 year old 21 21 year yeah. old like oh, thrown, absolutely thrown into an nba environment like yeah yeah, yeah i could have you know probably been more productive or whatever but yeah. i still think i did pretty well and, and you have to start somewhere and you have to learn and you have to understand i played five games of the hawks mm. And those five games gave me, like I said, that little taste and understanding of like how to to do it, basically. Yeah. Um, and then with the magic, like that was just a different situation. I was on an E10, and yeah. you know, preseason is always weird. There's like a hundred guys on the team, and everyone's <laughs> sitting on the floor because there's not enough people <laughs> on the places on the bench. Like, it's just that's weird. But um, yeah, I mean, every single place I've been, you have to learn something. Yeah. and every experience you have to learn something and i just that I, and i did and i and i couldn't I, I could probably sit and think obviously what they are but as a whole you just you just learn a lot and that's i'm taking every single thing i've learned so far into this season i think that's why i'm i'm, I'm doing what i'm doing and a lot of it's mental but there's obviously the, the on-court physical stuff too yeah so your your off season going into this season yes um was a bit crazy um what so it was obviously obviously during covid and so yeah. like you had to maneuver different things you were in yeah. sydney yeah. um I, I remember you telling me about like your diet at some point so what you bulked up yeah and then you needed to lean out yep so basically you want to add strength and then keep the mobility yeah. that like, yeah. i think you're really good at um can you go through just like what you what you went through like yeah that off season so co uh, so i guess the season got cancelled in the u.s yep. and i was shipped home to Australia because I didn't want to get stuck in the US. Yeah. Got stuck in Australia. <laughs> Great. Um, you were still that's here. fine, whatever. I, I was still here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and then COVID happened and yeah. I could have either sat on my ass and done nothing or, you know, 
done what I could to to do you know I don't know better myself and I decided yeah. that you know what I'm gonna use this I had I had come off an MCL injury with, yep. with the magic and I part of that MCL my diet was so strict because I was um, bed rest for a lot of it so I wasn't moving and I, and I didn't want to put on bad weight yeah so I dropped 30 pounds in fat jeez which which is so much like I just all I ate was chicken and broccoli like every single meal that's absurd and maybe some rice like on bigger training days yeah and I was so skinny I had a blank canvas to work with pretty much yeah okay so I was like why don't I just start going crazy the other way just get very strong yeah but yeah. get very strong put on lots of muscle and luckily my friend had like a fully functioning gym in his house you know they have a business that they use that they run out of there yeah um and because all the gyms were closed and we just said let's do it like let's just go crazy and they helped I, and i skyped with coaches that i had like strength coaches from all around the world that i'd yeah. used before and put and we all i took bits from everyone and i and i put together a program and a diet from everyone yeah and just attacked the gym like so hard to a point where i got chronic fatigue like glandular <laughs> fever do you remember that <laughs> i was like bedridden because i was like after three months and putting on 30 pounds of muscle i went the other way so what was it you got to you got to adelaide and immediately no the week before adelaide okay yes. i was like just couldn't even move i'd try to go to the gym and couldn't even move and then went to the doctor and they were like what are you doing like you're exhausted <laughs> like stop and i said i can't stop i have to keep lifting <laughs> it's like i got obsessed it was weird because when you see the results you start seeing results and you get obsessed with the results I want more. and then all of a sudden the scale's going up but you're not getting fat you're getting like you're adding tone. muscle you're adding you're getting big and yeah and you just start getting obsessed with it and um and i did and and i straight up put on 30 pounds in the however two and a half three months it was yeah um from just i mean we were lifting like two a day sometimes if i wasn't lifting two a days i was um lifting in the morning training with jared martin in at my, at scott's in the, in the evening yeah um basketball and just attacking it i just thought i'm gonna blow people away when they see me next pretty much yeah and that was my motivation just someone said to me once like every off season you want when you come back to they want to see the difference yeah visually and i knew i hadn't passed that look test yet for the nba yeah, okay and we talk about it all the time like that look test and i just thought okay I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this look test then. I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna do it and I'm gonna make a massive statement. I'm gonna come in and just look like a monster. <laughs> and I think I did, honestly. Yeah. Um playing so much right now is is tough to keep all that on. But yeah. but preseason and, and when I arrived in Adelaide I was like my clothes weren't even fitting me anymore. Like Jeez. it was ridiculous. Um but I was in like a state of chronic fatigue. So I had to <laughs> I had to calm down a little bit. But but well, I look, just it's loved paid it, off, man. Though. It did pay off and I can feel it on the court like yeah it's 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 100 percent paid off so now you're at a point where you're playing mvp level basketball for that late 36ers the nba is still what you want to get back to yep right and that's what all of this work is for um and then you also got the call up as the boomer squad mm -hmm. and it was one of those things where again you and i have known each other for ages and so it's sometimes difficult for me to look at stuff objectively yeah um but when people started mentioning, oh, Bogut's gone, mm. they need a, a rim-protecting five potentially yep. to go into that lineup. And a lot of people started mentioning your name. I thought, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense on paper. You're leading the NBL in blocks. Um, 
and obviously you're doing what you're doing on the other end of the court mm-hmm. is do you see that as a realistic thing for you that's like that's what you're chasing yeah absolutely i'm chasing that um i think i can bring that to that team i think i yeah. can fill that spot i mean bogues is phenomenal he was the a phenomenal legend. defender and, and i've looked up and watched his game for as long as i can remember yeah um so to be even in that conversation of right. like filling his spot is just incredible um but I truly believe the way I'm doing things now, I can fill that spot and I want to fill that spot. Mm. I want to be a part of that team. Being going to the Olympics would be phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that's just a dream of any athlete ever. So yeah. that would be awesome. But, you know, I think I, I think I can fill that spot. Yeah. And again, it's, it's weird because the perception of you around Australian basketball wasn't amazing after, mm. after your time at the Kings, right? Yeah. Um, and again, that is what it is and, and people have their perception and yep. whatever. Um, do you think you've grown and you've kind of made a, enough of an impact, not just on the court, but also, you know, making sure to reach out to people and, and yeah, yeah. showing the actual change you've made as far as like your intent when you're out there? Do you think you've changed that to a point where that is behind you? Like that's no I mean, longer an issue if it yeah, ever was one. I hope so because... You know, I can't believe, I, I can't wrap my head around people basing a whole perception of someone on a 19-year-old kid mm. coming from not the best like college situation, not in the best headspace. Like, how are you going to base a whole reputation of a human being on a 19-year-old kid, or like on things I did as a kid, or how I acted as a especially child? like moving forward, too. right? Just like, like this is on, forever who he'll ri- be. It's no. just ridiculous, right? So coming in, I obviously wanted to show that that is not me and i haven't had to try to do anything i've just been who i am and i play with passion and love and i I, because it's true yeah you know it's not it's i haven't had to try to do to prove anything i just do it because it's who you are it's what it is it's who i am now um so yeah but it just goes back to it blows my mind that that that's what it was based on a on a literal child like give me a break (laughs) like come on i was i was like 10 years old like oh my god but anyway whatever i think i have changed that perception if that's what it was it's um, to a point now where that's like almost completely behind you now. yeah it's like that's a different person yeah and you, you know if that's what i had to do to to essentially shut people up then mm-hmm. fine but whatever i just did what i did and i did and i continue to do what i do every night and but that's not for them it's because i love yeah. what i'm doing and i love you know playing with passion i love playing with the confidence i just love it all so yeah i'm just doing it because i love it so then i guess the next step and where you want to be is the nba yep. right obviously everyone 100%. you want to get there as soon as possible yep. um the way you're playing now and the way you're feeling now are you confident that if an nba team does call you up that you can go in there and make an impact right away and just be part of that and yes. be, be an nba player look like an nba player yes. and have people think that yes i've, I've done it before yeah at a at a lower level Isaac if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know I can do it again at, a, at Isaac 2.0 like better yeah. you know more confident I know I can do that I've been around that for I've been around that for two years I know I can go back in there and, and contribute it's just a matter of it was literally a matter of me going somewhere and playing really hard and showing just showing them Yeah. because you know I had almost a waste of a year last year with my MCL right so this year was always going to be huge for me to to just prove a lot. So, yes, I definitely think I can do that. Um, 
Are you gonna? Are we, are we gonna finish on a song just for me? <laughs> I'm not singing, bro. <laughs> you don't sing. Like I said, if you sing, I'll sing. Because nah. people don't know that you sing, and I'm gonna call you out right now. We sit in my living room and we jam we all night. That. We can edit that. We can edit. <laughs> We're, not <laughs> We're, editing it. It. We're not editing this. We out. sit in my living room. We jam all night. Jamming is fun. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. Obviously, and it's okay that you can sing higher than me. But whatever, <laughs> <laughs> your mix is way better than mine. I'm a better but singer than you. <laughs> you're not a better singer than me. Okay. Get um, out of here. Look, but one no, day. We're not finishing the, the the goal one day is to to do something like this again because we can talk all day. Yes, um, we can. Get you in. We'll do this in like a studio at some point. Yeah. And get you warmed up and and then you can sing. Okay. You Maybe. as an individual person can Maybe. sing. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Just do it. Are you scared? Thank you for joining. <laughs> we'll, we'll end you it. You put here. all the pressure on us. It's, it's my turn. You're the singer. Come on, give us a little... You're the singer. Give us a little tune. Um, <laughs> Stop looking away into the distance. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> this has been real. You're again, welcome. we can... We'll, we'll do this again because we can talk all day. Yes, um, we can. But yeah, good luck for the rest of the tournament and then obviously for everything else. I hope everybody enjoyed that chat with Isaac Humphreys. I promise you all we will make him sing the next time he is on. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if you did enjoy what you heard, uh, make sure whatever app you're listening to us on right now, rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz. Click all the buttons. We'd really appreciate that. An episode of Ball in the Real World drops every Wednesday. Next week, we have another big guest lined up. Uh, I say big physically and figuratively and also audibly. Uh, it's Andrew Bogard. Uh, you guys know who that is. We speak about a ton of things from his time in the NBA, in the NBL, some of the issues he has with the current NBL, stuff that he is not afraid you know, to, to voice his opinion about. And we speak about you know, the boomers and retired life. So you know, if that's something you guys are interested in, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you know when that one comes out. But next Wednesday, stay tuned for that, and we'll, we'll see you then. See ya.